And we're just going to pick up where we, kind of where we left off. But you know, faith, faith is just an, is the basis of, of our Christianity. You can't have Christianity without faith in God. And we wouldn't know what to, to believe or who to believe in if it wasn't for the Word of God laid out before us to tell us that. And the Bible says, and in, in, in this is a review, but in chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that is a theme throughout the whole Bible. When you look at faith, it is always based upon, or almost always based upon, what's not seen, and yet we believe. We, it's not seen, and yet we believe. And I want to read a couple of scriptures I'm just going to turn there. If you're taking notes, I'll tell you where they're coming from. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Having, whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see Him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He says, having not seen Him, yet you believe. That is a theme all through the Bible. And it's, it's not, um, we said it last week, it's not seeing is believing. What is it, Missouri, the show me state, right? you got to, I guess, prove it to me, show me. And maybe a lot of things, that's fine. If you're making a financial investment or something, you want to know what's going on, and I would be all for show me, you know, and I'll believe. But when it comes to the Word of God and God Himself and the things of God and the promises of God, believing is seeing as opposed to seeing is believing. We believe and then we see. When Elisha was with his servant and the Syrian army had surrounded the city at Dothan, you know, they wake up in the morning and his servant goes out and he looks around. He says, goes back in the tent and wakes up Elisha and says, Alas, Master, what are we going to do? The whole Syrian army has surrounded us. And, and uh, Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw. He saw that God's armies, the whole host of the, the Lord, was surrounding the Syrian army. And God had it under control. Believing is seeing when it comes to the, the Lord and the Word of God. I just want to read a couple more scriptures. When Jesus had risen from the dead, and we talked about it last week, and appeared to His disciples, the doors were shut, and all of a sudden Jesus is standing in the midst of them. How did He get in? The doors weren't open. The windows weren't open. He just appeared in their midst because He's God. And... They were all just amazed and so glad to see him. Well, Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas comes back later and he says, they said, we saw the Lord. We saw the Lord. He was right here with us. And he says, unless I see him myself and touch his nail prints in his hand and thrust my hand in his side, I won't believe. Well, eight days later, the door being shut, Jesus comes back again and he goes directly to Thomas. Does he rebuke him? Yes. Does he love him? Yes. Does he strengthen and help him? Yes. And he goes to him and he says, Thomas, here, stick your finger in here and stick your hand in my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas declares, my Lord and my God. And then he says, Thomas, because you saw, because you've seen, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And there's scripture after scripture. I want to look at one more. You can turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 24. Then we'll get back into our study on faith in Hebrews. Romans 8. 24 and 25. Romans 8, 24. For we are saved by hope, or that would be faith. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. You see there, that's real faith. 
Every one of us sitting in this room, if you're born again, you're hoping in a heaven you've never seen. You're hoping to see Jesus face to face who you've never seen. Not literally seen the Lord like we're going to see Him. You're, you're hoping to walk on streets of gold which you've never seen before. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, Eye has not seen, neither ear heard, neither has entered to the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him, but His Spirit has revealed it to us. So the Holy Spirit does give us that reality. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is faith. That's not a definition of faith. It's more of a description of faith. If you looked at faith, as I said last week, you would see confidence or trust or belief. Okay? That's what you would see. But how is faith displayed? It's, it's holding on to something that God has said that we haven't seen. Above all else. Above all else. Holding on to the Lord. And so... God's not, uh, He strengthens us. He builds up our faith. And we walk by faith. And the just shall live by faith. And the Bible tells us that, that what does faith produce? By, by it, the elders obtained a good report. I'm back in Hebrews 11.2. The elders obtained something. Who are the elders? The elders of the faith. The fathers of the faith. The, the men and women of God that went before Paul's time that we read about in the Bible. Okay? And we're going to see them in heaven one day, and they're there already. And by faith, they obtained a good report or good testimony. God Himself has given them a good testimony. And that's the one you want to, to give you a good testimony. You don't want to pat yourself on the back and say, I'm such a fine Christian. But when somebody else, especially the Lord, testifies of you, this is my servant in whom I'm well, my son in whom I'm well pleased, or this is David, a man after my own heart. Or Enoch, like we looked at last week. By faith, Enoch was translated that he shouldn't see death because he had this testimony. First of all, he walked with God 300 years. People lived a long time back then. He lived 300 years and he was just a baby compared to a lot of them. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. That was his testimony. We don't know what he did, when how many sermons he preached. We don't know what specifically he did, what mission trips we went, he went on. They had a testimony that he, believed, he pleased God. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he had to be a man of faith that believed God and walked with the Lord. And so faith is going to produce something. Faith is going to uh, result in something on the part, you know, of the, for the, in the benefit of the believer. Hope maketh not ashamed, Right? Hope makes not ashamed. And look, if you put your hope completely on the Lord, you're not going to be let down. When the dust settles, when it's all over, however long it takes, God is going to fulfill that promise. Period. You can write it in stone. You can, you can build your life upon it. You can count on it. That God is going to do it. I always think about Job when he was going through all that he went through. And for him to make a statement that's written in the word of God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will maintain my integrity before him. I'm going to see him after he even says after worms eat this body up. Yet I am going to see him face to face myself and not somebody else. It's going to be me. I'm going to see him. I'm going to lay my eyes upon him. He didn't know any other how, who, when, where, how. He just knew that my Redeemer lives and I'm going to stand before Him on that last day. He's going to vindicate me somehow. He's going to bring this judgment 
and I'll be vindicated by God and I'll see him and I'll be with him. And he didn't even have the Bible to go by, y'all. Most people think he was a contemporary of Abraham. I mean, that's way back. You know what I'm saying? And so to make that statement, this is faith, okay? This is faith. And it obtains something. It obtains something. It's impossible to please God. And that's where we closed last week in verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It doesn't say it's hard to please Him. It doesn't say you'll have a difficult time pleasing God without faith. The Bible makes it clear it's impossible to please God without faith. In fact, it says in Romans, whatever is not of faith is what? Sin. Right? And so, again, we don't believe whatever we want and then say, God's got to do it. We don't write and fill in a blank check and say, here, God, you said all things are possible to him that believes. So you've got to, you've got to, I wrote the check and you've got to cash it. You've got to, you've got to uh, bring it about. That's not what the Bible says. We believe what God has said. Jesus said, oh, fools and slow in heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. We're to believe him. We're to believe in Christ, the Christ of the word, the God of the word, the promises of the Bible. The things that without taking things out of context and misappropriating some promise, maybe it was a promise for Israel and it's not for the church. We need to rightly divide the word, but we need to stand upon it. You say, well, if God answers every prayer and he's so faithful, why do Christians get sick and die and he promises to heal? I promise you, if, he, if they died in the faith, they're healed now. Okay, so even in death, there's a healing. God is going to answer every prayer that he's promised. But real faith lays hold on those promises like a bulldog and is not going to let go. It has nothing to do with physical strength or statue. It could be some little old lady that looks weak and insignificant to the world. And yet they're holding on to God by faith and they're moving mountains. I was teaching the Bible study today at, at Parkview at lunchtime. I do it every Wednesday. And uh, we got to talking about being a good soldier of the Lord. And I said, what are some of our weapons? If we're in a, a soldier for Christ, what type of warfare are we in and what type of weapons do we have? And one of the things we mentioned was prayer. I said, y'all, it may be when, the, when we get to heaven, and I believe it to be so, that the people that are most celebrated, I guess, in heaven, Jesus is going to be celebrated, okay? It's going to be the people that are most rewarded and get the most crowns are probably going to be people that the world never realized existed. It's going to be somebody shut up in a prison somewhere or in their house, a housewife or somebody that's praying and pouring their heart out to God that's moving heaven. They're the cause for the revival. They're, you know, that, that's just an amazing, it's an amazing thing. So we're to have faith and we're to lay hold not on anything we want, but on what God wants, what he has spoken, and we're to stand upon it. It says that some whoever comes to God by faith, they've got to believe. There's two things they have to do. And this is how we ended last week. They must believe that He is, that God is. We're not debating is He. We're believing He is. Okay. We we're not debating it. We're not questioning it. We're not the atheists. We're not the humanists. We're not the agnostics. We're not the uh, the communists. We're not any of those things. We are those who by faith lay hold on the promises of God. And we first believe that He is, and He is exactly who this Bible says He is, and He is a rewarder of men and women and young people all over this planet, young or old, 
whatever education, whatever person, wherever they are, whatever time in history of mankind, He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. And that word diligently seek Him means to crave, to worship Him, to crave, and to long for the Lord. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So we have to believe that. We have to believe that. What if we don't? Have you ever doubted? Have you ever doubted? Because maybe you've prayed a long time for something and have not seen the answer to it. It's natural to doubt. Faith is supernatural. Faith helps us to believe when, when there seems like there's no hope. We're going to read a scripture about Abraham in a little while. But he, the, the Lord enables us. Faith is a gift of faith even that He talks about. When all the, the gifts of the Spirit are listed, there's a saving faith and there's what I would call a daily faith and there's growing in our faith and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But sometimes it's so beyond us and maybe we're so weak or de the devil's attacking us so hard, we need a gift of faith. We need God, you better help me. Please help me because I'm... I'm treading on thin ice here. I believe, but help thou my unbelief. That man came in trembling and fell at Jesus' feet. He needed help. His son was demon-possessed. The demon would cause him to be thrown into the fire and try to burn him to death. And cause his demon-possessed son to be thrown into the water to try to drown him. And I'm sure that man was in torment with, for over his son. And he went to the disciples and the disciples couldn't do it. Now the man's really getting desperate. And so he's crying and trembling, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And God helped him and God touched his son and healed him. And God will always strengthen our faith. We call up, when we call upon him, we go to his word. He does not want you to be weak in faith. He wants to take you from where you are and build you up in the faith. He wants to do that. Okay? And he might send us through a trial to do it. But we can't see anything and it's all black and dark around us and all we can see is Jesus. And might even have a hard time seeing Him. But we can hear His voice. We can go to His Word. <clears throat> and he'll, he'll bring us through. He's not going to abandon us. It just looks like it sometimes. He's going to lead us step by step. And guess what? When we come out the other side, our faith has been tried and it comes through stronger. And it doesn't mean you'll never have another moment of doubt or weakness. But I think it's like you plateau off. I think He'll strengthen our faith and we'll be here. And then we'll go through a little... A trial, and then he'll strengthen our faith, and we'll be leveled off here. I just believe that. I believe we're getting, he's moving us from glory to glory, and I'm not going to go back to all the way back. You know what I'm saying? I might, I might sink a little bit in self pity or despair, or I've never been through a trial like this trial. This tops them all, okay? And this is where I am right now, and I might regress a little bit but God's like got a safety net under us mm -hmm. he's not going to let us fall all the way mm -hmm. and we call upon him and he'll bring us through may take longer than we want but he'll bring us through when he brings us through there's a strength there's like a fortification mm -hmm. that he's built into our lives and it's stronger and it's like that's the new norm you know what I mean that's the new mm -hmm. new faith and it's stronger <laughs> and it's better and you look back and you say thank you Lord for bringing me through that because until you brought me through that, I was kind of all over the place with my faith, but you strengthened me through that. God wants to do that. Amen? So let's look at Noah for just a little bit. He's the next one that's mentioned. I don't get tired of reading about these men and women. I, mean, I, I appreciate them. I thank God for them. And I love reading about their lives. By faith, verse 7, Noah, being warned of God, what, of things not seen as yet, 
There again, not seeing. We're not. He's God tells him something that's never appeared before. I'm going to flood the whole earth. Isn't that, as far as what can tell from the Bible, it hadn't even rained on the earth. That God would send a mist. It says that would water the plants, and there were rivers that God had. But but as far as what we consider just rain or a downpour, that that was new. I, I, I read that in the Bible. I don't see any record of it before, and. And so for him to say, Noah, I'm going to flood the, I'm going to destroy every living thing with a flood, that was new. Okay? That was unseen. Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. How many of you know it's, a, it's good and healthy and of God to have a holy, reverent fear of God? It's not perverted. It's not, oh, I'm afraid of God. I'm going to go run and hide in the garden like Adam and Eve. It's a, it's a fear of God that He's holy, that I'm not. I'm a sinner. I need Him. He's powerful. He's God. He's my God. He's going to bring to pass what He says. I need to do what He says. Those are good things, okay? Those aren't bad things. He prepared an ark. To the saving of his house. That would have been saving faith in a very basic way, right? Mm-hmm. We read in the Bible about a dead faith that James talks about. And here we see a saving faith. And faith, what did he do? When he was told, warned by God of things not seen, moved with fear, he, who? Noah prepared the ark. God gave the dimensions, told him what kind of wood, told him to put this pitch to seal it within and without, to put the windows in it. And he told him how to do it. And he began to do it. Noah began to do it. About 120 years in the building of an ark. 120 years. Okay? And he, so, so he obeyed. There's an inescapable link between faith and obedience. You've heard it said before, we need to put feet to our faith. I believe that. Doesn't mean we just run anywhere we want. But when God calls us to do something, you're going to see it by every, every one of these people we mentioned in, in this that are mentioned in Hebrews 11. When God called them to do something that was beyond them, they stepped out in faith and they began to move towards that thing. He began to build the ark. God saw that he finished it and brought it all to pass. But he began to do it. So faith and obedience, living faith is going to obey. Uh, the, the Bible says in James that uh, James is being a little sarcastic. He says, you say you believe in God, the devils believe and tremble. You say that there's one God, you do well. The devils believe that. Okay? We don't want to be, have the faith of demons. Okay? The devils believe that there's one God. They've probably seen Him. Okay? They were created by Him. And so, uh, the devils believe and tremble, and yet they're not saved. We need a living faith, all right? A living faith that trusts God and obeys God. And so to the saving, he built the ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. There is a righteousness which comes by faith. Paul says, I want to be found. Paul the Apostle, after he's saved, in Philippians 3, and I want to be found in Him having not my own righteousness which is of the law, but I want to be found having in Christ having the righteousness which is of faith in God. The righteousness which is by faith. Abraham believed God. It was counted to him. 
for righteousness. That is how righteousness is attained for a human being. Old Testament, New Testament, new saint, old saint, wherever we are, if we're going to be righteous in God's sight, it's going to come by faith and it won't come any other way. And here's an Old Testament saint, not perfect, okay, not perfect, and he had a notable sin after the flood was over and the waters receded. But still, he's mentioned here that he became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. He became heir of that. So we're going to see Noah in heaven, not because he built the ark, but because when God spoke to him, he obeyed the Lord. He trusted God. He kind of told him to plant an apple tree. Whatever he told him to do, he, he trusted God and he did it. And God gave him the strength to do it. It would be beyond him, right? What's impossible with men is possible with God. And so these people that we're listening here are people that stepped out again to do things that God told them to, first of all. And they trusted the God who told them. And they, by, by faith, they were able to obtain a good report and to stop to quench the mouths of you know, fires and stop the mouths of lions and, and all these different things that are listed later in, the, in this chapter. But how, how is it that by his faith in building the ark, he, in verse 7, he condemned the world? And I was thinking that, how is it? I believe it was because of his life his testimony uh, that he he did what God called him to do and he stepped out and he was a preacher. The Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And so he's preaching and building and preaching and building. You know what he's doing? He's trying whatever is visible to the natural eye and the circumstances and history and all that was on this level, but what God had told him was up here. And all the other people could see was what was right here. And he saw by faith, there's a flood coming. It's going to be big. It's going to be worldwide. How do you know that, Noah? One reason, God told me. God told me. He told me to build an ark. And, and he's going to preserve all living things that get on the ark. And it ended up just the animals and Noah and his family. And they were saved. And by it, he condemned the world because of his testimony, living for God. It's true. And as they're drowning and calling out, it's true what Noah said. It's true what Noah said. And it was too late for them uh, physically to get on, you know, to get on the ark at that time. But let's keep reading. So by faith, Abraham... <coughs> And he is a big one, y'all. He's a, a big one in the sense that the Bible speaks a whole lot about Abraham. We know a lot about his life, okay? By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing whether he went. There's the, the not seen part again. It's a theme, y'all. I know you know that. It's a theme in every one of these Scriptures. They didn't know. They were going to some place he'd never seen. Noah had never seen rain before or a flood. Okay, All these things were unseen, and yet they're stepping out by faith. It says, when he was called to go out, he went, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned 
in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He's looking for something that the world says, I don't know what in the world crazy Abraham is talking about. Abraham, where is this you're going again? Why are you leaving your kinfolk? Why are you leaving everything that's familiar to you here? Where did God tell you to go? What's going to be there for you? What, you know, it's, I've been over there. I've never seen that stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it wasn't, it, it was by faith. And the faith is based upon the one who gave the promise. The faith is based upon the one who gave the promise. He may not repeat another episode of Abraham going to a strange country in your life, but he is very well going to call you to something in, in your spiritual life, in your ministry, in a trial that you go through and taking a stand for him, call you to something that before now you've never done. I can almost promise you that. He's going to bring you to some place that heretofore you have not been. Never passed this way before. You're going to a new place. And all you know about it is that God's called me to do it. And He will be faithful. Faithful is He who calleth thee, who also will do it. doesn't even say He'll help you. It says the one who calls you will do it. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. So I want to look at a couple of verses about Abraham. He's not somebody that we want to rush through. He's the father of the nation of Israel. He is the father of the lineage through which, in a natural sense, a physical sense, Jesus Christ came. You look at those genealogies, you can trace it back, you know, from, from Joseph and Mary on both sides of the family, all the way back to Abraham. All right? And salvation is of the Lord and salvation is of the Jews. And Abraham himself was not a Jew, but he was the father of the Jewish nation. Okay? And so there were promises that came to this old man late in life. And it says because he believed God, he received the promises that God promised him. Had he not believed God, he would not have received the promises. Now God had his plan. He could have found someone else. But all we know is that Abraham did believe, and we're still talking about him today. Just like we're still talking about Abel, it said in verse 4, that he being dead yet speaketh. We're still talking about these men of faith. So I want you to look, if you would, at Genesis chapter 12. Look at a couple of verses, and we're going to go to Romans 4 after that. Genesis 12. He was Abram at this time, before his name was changed. You know the, the covenant that God made. He restates the covenant through other chapters later after this. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Hadn't shown it to him yet. And I will make of thee a great nation. So here's the promises. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is huge. The magnitude of what he's talking about can't be overstated. He's talking about the whole planet. He's talking about every nation 
and language and tribe and groups of people on the earth being blessed through this old man and his seed that's going to come. And he didn't have any children at this time. So and that was through Christ, by the way. You know that. It, it restates that in, in Galatians. Through his seed, not seeds, plural, but through his seed, all the nations were blessed. So Abram departed. This is his obedience. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And so let's turn to Romans chapter 4. The Bible talks a lot about Abram. It tells his whole story. It talks about his notable failures like with, uh, with Hagar and not trusting God, but still God, God brought him back to that place of faith and he completed, you know, he did what he needed to do in the man's life and performed it. Let's look at Romans chapter 4, 1 through 5. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to faith, the flesh hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Skip down to verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's what the Lord does. Not only does he quicken the dead, we saw him raise Lazarus and others. He healed, uh, quickened the dead womb of Sarah, who we're going to read about in a little while. But he calls things that are not as though they were. Just like he spoke creation into being. It wasn't there. He didn't have the building blocks to build it, piled up off to the side, a bunch of dirt, and I can make the earth and a bunch of water, and I'll make some lakes and seas. He called things that were not as though they were. And he is God. And He is able to do that. And you and I need to believe Him. We need to believe Him and hang on. I'll read a few more Scriptures in, in, uh, in chapter 4 of, of uh, Romans. Who against hope believed in hope. I love these verses. Who against hope believed in hope that He might become the Father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So what did He believe? He believed what was spoken. God said, so shall thy seed be. And against hope, I kind of I kind of look at it as against all odds, every odd, you know, that was against him, against all that, and yet he still believed God would do it. That's an amazing thing. I admire the faith of Abraham. I admire the faith of these men and women of God. But they were just men and women. They were human beings, just like us. Okay. Against hope, believed hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body now dead. In other words, I believe his thoughts were not just on the fact that I'm way past the age of having a child. And I've tried to have children when I was in the age to have children. And my wife and I never had children. He didn't consider his own body now dead. That's not what he considered. That's not He knew it, but that's not what he dwelt on. That's not what he chose to believe in of the two. 
can't have a child because you're too old. You've tried it for a bunch of times. You're getting older, older and so is your wife. You could have thought on that or could have thought on God says, so shall thy seed be. Okay? And the same for our lives, y'all. When he was about, uh, consider not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He's not considering that. He staggered not. That word staggered is like in a fighter that's been hit and their knees are wobbling and they're about to go down. Okay? So in a spiritual sense, he staggered not at the promise of God. Again, not writing his own ticket and saying, God, fill it. God made him a promise. So shall thy seed be. And he didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. That's the opposite of faith. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what He, the Lord, had promised, He was able to perform. I love it. He was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. And that is, that is faith. And that's the men and women of faith that God rewards and blesses. Now, I read this little poem in one of the books I was studying. It says, I go on not knowing. I would not if I might. I'd rather walk in the dark with God than walk alone in the light. I'd rather walk by faith in Him than to walk alone by sight. And so faith is that we don't see it, and yet we're walking with God. I would rather walk with God to places unseen to me, knowing that I'm with the Lord, than to walk in places I can see plainly and openly, and all the rest of the world says, yeah, go that way, Randy. You know, than to go some other place that is seen, but God's not in it. And God didn't promise me. And God didn't call me to it. And it's not a walk of faith. And we learn to live that way, y'all. And God helps us. It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith is strengthened. Our faith is built up. We don't stay where we are. He moves us on. He moves us on. Okay? Abraham was stronger in faith by the end of that journey than the beginning. He did obey, so he showed faith when he, he left his homeland and started journeying, right? But he had ups and downs. He had ups and downs at different places in his life. And some are very notable. But like I said, when the dust settled, God would strengthen his faith. God would strengthen his faith. And God fulfilled his promise. And Abraham became the father of the nation of Israel and many nations. And the father in a natural sense of our Lord Jesus Christ. He waited 25 years. And in the promise, I know you know it, but when the promise first came, he was already old. It's a promise coming to a man that had never had a child with his wife. Okay? He had a servant that was going to be the heir of all that he had. And the Lord says, no, that's not going to be your heir. But he who comes out of your own bowels is going to be your heir. And then later he restates it and says, he that comes from Sarah's womb, Sarah, your wife, is going to have a child. We'll make this really clear, Abraham. <laughs> it's just not confusing. You, out of your own body, and Sarah, out of her own womb, your wife, y'all are going to have a baby. And it's not like every day that God gave him some little devotional to read about it. 25 years passed. And then the promise, in the fullness of time. That's how God does it. The fullness of time. That's why we're still talking about Abraham. And the Bible's still testifying of Abraham. And it says here in Hebrews, I'm back in Hebrews 11, verse 10, he looked for a city. So he went from place to place, not knowing where he was going, 
not knowing when the promise would come, not knowing how God would do it, and yet he, he kept going and trusting the Lord. And it says he looked for a city. This is what faith is doing, y'all. We're probably close with this tonight. Faith is looking. Faith is looking to God. It's looking to His promises. It's not looking to what your neighbor says. It's not looking to what Fox News says. It's not looking to what your own flesh tells you and your own intelligence and rationale and common sense. It's hanging on to what God has told us. And we obtain something by faith. We get it in the end. Okay? Sometimes it's, you know, it's not always 25 years off like it was, but it's always out there. It's always in the future that faith is hanging on to. Abraham, verse 10, looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham, what are you looking for? Because remember when, when him and Lot, his nephew, God had multiplied their cattle and servants so much they didn't have land? Land couldn't hold them all. They had to separate, get a little elbow room. So they go up on the mountain and Abraham says, Lot, you look to the north, south, east, west. You go wherever you want. Take whatever you want. Abraham wasn't greedy for real estate. He had God. Lot chooses this place down in the valley towards Sodom. It looked like it was good for cattle and there was water there. And he went there. And then after Lot leaves and he's taken, quote, the best, right? He gets first pick. He gets the best and goes... And after he leaves, God comes and says, Abraham, we got this. I got you. You look now. I want you to look up north, south, east, and west as far as you can see. I'm giving it all to you. It's all going to be yours. And you know what? Even that was not the promise. That in our earthly sense was the promise. And we know that Joshua led the people across the Jordan River and they possessed the land, the promised land. There was a physical land for Israel, but he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And I just want to read this. Uh, this is at the end, of, almost the end of the book of Revelation. I, John, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. God had prepared that city. Do you believe it? See, the believers, those that are... Uh, are those that are born again, those that have put their faith in Christ and we believe. He's promised us a new Jerusalem, right? That He's prepared it. He built it. And we have a little bit of a description in the Bible about it. But somebody would say that's like a fairy tale. That's like Jack and the Beanstalk, what you're talking about. That's just bizarre. It's weird. There's no proof of that. And the proof is that God sets eternity in the hearts of men. God puts it there. When you give your life to Christ, you know that you know that you know. And even in your moments of weakness, you know. Because God keeps you. And He's not going to let you go. And he, he were kept by the power of God through faith. And so there's, a, there's this holy city coming. And we'll close. Turn it to 13. We'll get chapter 13, verse 14. We're going to close with this. And talking about Abraham what he was looking for. Hebrews 13, 14. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. That's what Abraham was doing. He received a lot of the promises in his lifetime. He didn't receive all the promises in his lifetime. 
Okay? And I'll say that's for every believer that's ever lived, including us right now. There's a lot of things that we're believing for that in this life we don't receive. It doesn't mean God's not fulfilling them. Some of the promises we do, some of the biggest ones and the main ones we don't. Okay? That we're going to see Him face to face. That we're going to walk on these streets of gold and inhabit that holy city and receive a new body. And the Bible says, while we look on the things, while we look not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Every man and woman of faith, including Abraham, Enoch, Noah, they were all looking for that eternal. Okay, God gave them things in this life, but most people go through life and Christians don't always just get the cream of the crop in life. We have Jesus with us in our hearts. We have joy and a peace that it keeps us that the world doesn't have. But our real home, that's why it says we're strangers and pilgrims. Okay? And the men and women of faith are looking for that city. Here we have no enduring city, but we look for one to come. That's faith. It's a look of faith. Now, I just want to close with that tonight. You can come on up. And uh, we'll pick up there next week. And we're going to talk about Sarah. And we're going to talk about others that, uh, not by name, but others that, that by faith, they, they uh, consider themselves pilgrims and strangers on the earth. And so, but if you would, just stand with me. We're going to close. Let's take just a few minutes to meet with God tonight and begin to prepare our hearts.